All right, hey everybody, it's uh, Scoots, and it's time for our uh, recap, our look back at uh, what was this? What just happened? Oh, a season, a season of uh, Doctor Triangle and Isosceles. So we'll be just—I'll just be looking back at some of the creative process. I may pause this and go get some of my notes, or, or I might not. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, but of course, before I get started talking about it, uh, one second. Uh, uh, so, uh, so ladies and gentlemen, so boys and girls, so friends beyond the binary, it's time for a recap episode in a world without math. Two heroes rise. This is the recap of the adventures of Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. Uh, thanks. That's Mr. Antonio Banderas, uh, who will be lying down and relaxing and unwinding and just, just generally chilling in my bed, uh, which actually is like a, a, like a, the bed frame's adjusted right now. So, oh, my friend, for me, uh, was for somebody else, uh, but, but uh, who was resting. Uh, yes, I know. Uh, but you can get comfortable in it and uh, just relax. And, and yeah, it might, might even help you uh, uh, st- st- stay quiet. Oh, you want to say, uh, yes, I'd like to uh, just thank Julie from uh, Radiotopia uh, for introducing us uh, to Colorku. It's an excellent game, and it's brought Schooner and I uh, much joy. Okay, thanks. And, yeah, check out uh, uh, all the amazing shows over at Radiotopia. Uh, that's what Antonio probably, radiotopia.com. Hopefully that's right. Uh, but just search in your podcast app. Uh, you could start with ear hustle and then uh, go from there. Uh, so you just search yeah, ear hustle in your podcast app of choice, podcast app of choice. And that's Mr. Antonio Banderas, who's gotten a lot of love over on Reddit. Uh, so let's talk about this season of, uh, season ones are always, uh, interesting for me and take away from a couple of things about the the show and a couple of ponderings of the future of how I make the show in the future and even some listener comments that that might have been kind of small but that really resonated with me in a positive way or aligned with what I was already thinking about so let's see so where do we start let's start in the beginning and I don't know if I've talked about this anywhere, like at the le- like ending of the whatever. I'll just talk about it. So this is a concept uh, that I've been waiting and trying to get to come together for a while. And it, it again, bloomed out of the podcast a long, long time ago. And I don't even know how many years. I like dur- just during an intro, I think it came up like I was talking or, or something came up about isosceles. And I was just doing an intro, and I just liked how that sounded like Isosceles. It reminded me of, like, I, Claudius or I, Robot. And I just liked the way that sounded. And then I think I went on a riff about it, and then Dr. Triangle, like the idea of Dr. Triangle and Isosceles came up. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then another point, I was editing episodes for, like, an all-intro or all-night episode that comes out on Patreon and I heard it again, and I said, this was, again, years ago, too, maybe a few less years ago. But I said, oh, yeah, I really liked, I wish I had a, those two should have their own series. Uh, what would it be? 
And again, I said, okay, well, let's just park it in this part of my brain of the future series part of my brain. And every once in a while, I'd be out walking the dog and it would pop up and I'd say, okay, well, what do we have? Uh, explaining it could be a kid's show, explaining kids to math, uh, something like that. And I said, oh, well, I don't know. I'm not feeling it. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe it should be more of a daytime show. Like, uh, and then I said, okay, well, I don't know. So then I had to let it go. And again, this is jumping back a few years, but someone had pointed out, I think, on Facebook of like uh, some similarities in the world between Station Eleven and uh, and Station Eleven. Just to explain it, it's a book, a novel. Uh, it came out in uh, 2014, and it's by Emily St. John Mandel, and it's a like a similar world. It's a different, but a. I don't know. I read it. I think John August on script notes recommended it. Then I bought it, uh, and I read it and I really enjoyed it. And I don't want to reveal anything about the book other than it's like, uh, in a similar postmodern world. Uh, but I really liked just the feel of it. And the fact that this one took a place around the great lakes, I think, and it had some migration going on. Uh, but there was just something I, feel, I liked about the feel of it, uh, like it, it also had this uh, more middle ages kind of reversion feel, where some dystopian stuff has a much. I, I don't know. I just liked it, and then I for, again I forgot about it, but it was something I appreciated. Uh, so it was just another thing tucked away in my mind. And then again, but I never. I so it, at the time I didn't associate the two things. So let me say that. Like I just appreciated greatly the style of uh, Station Eleven. And now I'm like, oh boy, I don't know if there was any, like, what what the next novel uh, she wrote after that is. Uh, even though I'm, like, double double noveled right now because uh, it was, like, uh, 70% through one book uh, when my, like, I only had it checked out for three weeks from the library. So now I'm, like, uh, 40% through another book and I have a hold on my original book. Waiting to get that back, so I'm st- and I read very slowly, so I'm probably two or three months from being able to read anything new. But anyway, neither here nor there. So those were some disparate ideas in my mind, or not? Yeah, they were disparate at the time. So two characters, Doctor Triangle and Isosceles, and the, just this world of Station Eleven of wagons. That was particularly the main thing that stuck out to me. And, you know, why, I don't know. So, and then with Dr. Triangle and Isosceles, even though it didn't do any story development, like just those names have their own character development within them. And what I mean by that is like anyone named Isosceles, uh, he's going to be a little bit e- e- egocentric or uh, I felt like. And then, so just like has this thing of isosceles, and so and it makes it kind of fun. And then uh, Doctor Triangle is a little bit more has just an analytic feel, or maybe an anti-analytic feel. But anyone named Doctor Triangle, it's like brings up the questions: Are they really Doctor? Are they named Doctor Triangle? Are they named the Doctor of Triangle? Uh, so. So those were the ideas. And then again, it, like a lot of the, the series on the podcast, uh, stuff has to just sit, sit and stew. And then the story swamp bubbles stuff up. 
but before it does, it usually starts calling me back. So there's different times where I was like, oh, man, like, why really, why haven't I had been able to come up with the concept for that? We got the kind of title. And then this whole idea of us doing more procedural style shows, it, it's like kind of giving me some creative focus in a different way. And then just like the scheduling, like I schedule stuff pretty far ahead of time. It, like even the production or the pre-production or the pre-pre-production, like in this case. So it was like already like, I think I'd looked at the schedule because it was like, Nuns in Space, I'm not positive this is how the schedule went over the last year, but like Nuns in Space, Holiday Series, Big Farm, Season 2 might have been the schedule over the past like 12 months or so. So it was like, okay, we need a new series. Uh, What do you think we're going to do? And then I was like, oh, and and then again, I was like, well, it'd be fun. I really like there's something about that Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. And then in the idea, and I think this is where the procedural focus helps. It's like, oh, now I'm trying to write in a more, tell these stories in a more episodic fashion. Uh, or, so they don't have to be procedural. But uh, that, uh, what works a lot of times in episodic stuff uh, is procedural, whether it's like uh, whatever the conceptual procedure is. Oh, what do I mean by procedural? That's a great question and a great chance for a tangent. A procedural traditionally would have been on like a TV show or like a big farm in the sky is a great example of a procedural. Okay. The case of the missing pennies. How are we going to find the pennies by the end of the episode? So the arc of the episode is uh, getting, well, the conclusion of the episode would be finding the pennies and uh, the procedure of them finding the pennies uh, or like I guess Good Place is kind of episodic, but usually each episode, I guess now that it's almost done, it's episode, It's not, uh, but a lot of times the episodes were, sometimes the episodes were procedural in a different way. Usually it's hard to trust this stuff that the process works. And I talk about this every time, and it's like every time I have doubt in the process, like, oh no, I'm not going to have a series uh, ready to go because I don't have any, in order to put out 100 episodes a year, it's just uh, like uh, it's a creative positive, but like it's like when the dead de- deadline comes up, it has it kind of has to be met. I mean, if I have personal take care, you know, self care reasons, it doesn't have to be met. But as far as like a professional doubt, like oh, like story doubt or procrastination within the work, it kind of does. And unless it's going to creatively suffer, but a lot of times it creatively benefits. Uh, so whatever, I was getting close to where I would have to, like, where it was still, like, at least I need a concept. And I don't know what triggered it. And maybe it was, like, uh, some of the general, like, stuff I think about outside of the podcast. But I started at some point, got curious about this idea, and it, it, don't, it must have popped into my head in some clear way, but I don't have a clear memory of when it happened. And it, it gets like, uh, like uh, yeah, I don't want to get too into the weeds about uh, what I believe in personally or stuff, but it, like at some point I thought about, like, what if people stop believing in math? Like, if a world without math, that would be like a place where Dr. Triangle and Isosceles would be heroic. Uh, 
But then I was kind of like, well, why are they, they like, uh, then it did dissonant. It was a little bit dissonant because I was like, uh, why are they named Dr. Triangle and Isosceles, right? And so, you know, so then I was like, huh, well, it's a great question. And then it's like, okay, why is there a world without math? Uh, and then that became fun. Like, then I get the ideas. And I mean, again, like I talk about in the podcast, like these Marvel movies, like, and you think about gods and goddesses and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. Like, it's not that much of a, um, it's not a big of a ask of suspension of disbelief, I think. Like, to, to think about gods and goddesses. So then I started to think, like, then I researched gods and goddesses of, like, who would be the goddess or the god that would be anti-math? What goddess or god might represent math? And that's when I kind of stumbled upon Sashat and Discordia. And then I kind of liked that feel, like uh, one is trying to restore math in the world and one is taking it away. And then that would help with uh, the explanation that, like, not only was it, like, that people stopped believing in math and respecting math and living in, by math-based principles, uh, but that also there was, like, other greater forces at work, um, so then I said, okay, so this is, that's like the, like, no, I guess so I said, that's a world. Uh, and then I, then it's like, and I said, okay, and then Discordia, she's the goddess of math. And I said, okay, how do Dr. Triangle and Isosceles play into this? Because I didn't, I don't just don't like it when it goes straight forward, right? Because I said, okay, like, uh, if they were lovers of math, that would kind of be, too convenient for me I, I don't know and it wouldn't it just would take away a little bit of the um of whatever their journey or their motivations it would be too, too simple for my opinion so i said well why the heck would they be if they if they're not math lovers why the heck are they dr triangle and isosceles and then this is where station 11 came in because i think in station 11 they were performers too and i said oh okay what if, uh, and then at some point it just kind of made it clicked with the, the, the influence of that and this of like, uh, okay, yeah, what if they're traveling mass pair, like they have a mass parody act, like, so we live in this world, or we used to live in this world where people slowly became divided on math, like, oh, well, you know, math's not real or whatever, or I don't use math anymore, like, and then also, at some point, Discordia got involved in erased math, but there was already like a cultural movement of uh, like whether Discordia caused that or human beings caused that, I can't answer because I wasn't there, it, or maybe it's both. Uh, and then Discordia actually actively started to, 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 to deteriorate the ability of math to function in the world. And so... I said, oh, okay, well, that would kind of make sense. You'd be, those are very, uh, like, showy names anyway. Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. Uh, maybe they've made their living doing math parody. Like, uh, or let's look at the, the reverse side of it. Like, right, like, there's people that love science, like uh, uh, Allie Ward, uh, Bill Nye, used to be Mr. Wizard. And they, I mean, they're more fact-based performers, and but they're still performers, like uh, doing shows or doing per, like uh, entertainment and science-based entertainment. 
So Dr. Triangle and Isosceles are kind of the exact opposite of that. Uh, they're the, the, the un, uh, uh, Bill Nye and Ali Ward, uh, like, uh, I don't know if that makes sense. Like, uh, they're the inverse in rever- you know what I mean? Like they're going around making fun of people. It would almost be like, yeah, if there was a, like, I wouldn't like that. Uh, say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm Sam, Sam Fry, man. Again, no need for science uh, or whatever, you, you know, or they would do like a parody of Bill Nye. Uh, maybe that's what the absent mind is. Was the absent minded professor like anti science? No, no. I mean, they're not really anti math, they're capitalizing on anti math sentiment. So, yeah, uh, so, so this is where stuff started to come together. So, oh, okay, so I'm getting an idea of who they are, the world they live in. It's like this postmodern world. That's not. That's not a. It's not a flashy kind of dystopian. More of a just a Middle Ages dystopia. And it's not. We're not in total wreckage because it's not like there was any one incident. It was just. Uh, it's a point. Everything that relied on math either doesn't function at all or barely functions. So those are just things, and then it led into this idea of like, uh, okay, well, how is this a procedural then, or how is this episodic? Because uh, I can see an overall story arc, right? Who's going to win, Discordia or Sashat? Uh, what part? What part does Doctor Triangle and Isosceles play? What are their wants and, and needs and desires? What are they afraid of? Like, what are they good at? Uh, How do they relate to, how do they get involved uh, with this overarching story of uh, math versus unmath or chaos, actually? I mean, Discordia is basically, uh, so, so, so that was kind of the overall of like, okay, so what is a procedure? And then I thought, this is where it's nice to have creative constraints because I said, oh, this will be nice. It won't be a world... I mean, because that really is, like, especially in the time constraints I have, to imagine a world without math, uh, that takes a lot of research. Because, you know, like, once you start to say there's zero math, uh, you know, people say, well, we just, uh, that's not a workable, that's not a workable environment for uh, living, breathing characters. So then I started to think about this world with reduced or no math, uh, and then it kind of jumped back to the original thoughts I had with the characters was like, okay, I did want, when I saw Dr. Triangle and Isosceles earlier, I said, okay, I want them to be involved in the actual specifics of math somehow. And originally, I, like when I was first thinking of it, I said, oh, well, they'll teach kids math. Like, that'd be fun. Uh, but they obviously didn't pan out. But I said, oh, okay. So that's like the procedural part is like each episode's this mystery for them of restoring one missing math principle uh, to, to, the, to the area and stuff. So then I said, okay, that's the procedural part. And then that gives me like a starting point for each episode. Because another hard thing, whether it's a serialized story for me, especially with a 10-day writing process, is... Uh, like, where's the start? Where does each episode start? Especially if it's not a serialized story where it's like sometimes a serialized story in that sense is easier 
Because it's like, okay, you get to, you start, you go, you start at the beginning, then you know the ending. Then you figure out how many episodes do we have. Like, this would be how, like, I don't think I always wrote, like, this would be how I would write a serialized uh, Sleep With Me thing if I had tons of time. And then I would, you know, start beginning to end the characters. And then how do they get from the beginning to end? How many episodes do we have? What are the, are the major points? Uh, so that that's, uh, but with a procedural, what's nice is that each episode's kind of a fresh start, right? I mean, these are all serialized in some way, just because that's just, I don't know. I, like they're just, uh, they're serialized in bytes. Or why I say modular is there might be a little bit serialized, but you can listen to them in any order. Okay, so where so okay, so the nice thing about procedural, then I was like, okay, well then I'll pick a math principle, and maybe I could help. That'll help me find the theme of the episode, the conflict, uh, not just in the missing principle, but that's like helps me have my own writing conflict, right? Like. Uh, not only are you trying to make the characters have conflict or whatever barriers or challenges, uh, but it's like helps me be like, what am I going to try to write about or figure out? Like, what is this puzzle that I'm trying to figure out or build? And so it'd be like, oh, if there's no uh, whisker and box plots, what is a whisker and box plot? That would be my first day of writing. I would pick a principle, ran, try it mostly randomly or by, by the sound of it off of like this common core website I found. And then I would say, okay, whisper and box plots or whatever the other principles in that episode were. And I say, okay, that's interesting. What are those things? Okay. How would that manifest? If you couldn't use this principle, what would that do to a community? Okay. Well, what community would be most uh, interesting to have that math principle taken away from Okay, then how is that community, how is this missing principle impacting this community, having a broader importance on, like, society at large or humanity that would make it important? Like, how is that an impact that's going to be important for Dr. Tranquil and Isosceles to restore? And then how is it kind of mysterious? Like, because uh, otherwise people would be like, uh, how is it not, like, apparent immediately? that it's a missing principle that like there probably were some towns in between episodes where Dr. Triangle and Isosceles just walked into the town and they said, Oh, addition, this is addition. Like they didn't even need to do anything. Like maybe they had a one second conversation. Like it was just so obvious. They said, uh, Oh, this one is uh, X, Y axis uh, or John, you know, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, but so like the, the particular stories of their overall story that I was going to tell, they, you know, they have to be interesting enough to put you to sleep. And it, it also made it interesting to me. I mean, I guess I did not have really enough time like to really learn the principles. So it was like cursory one, sometimes two day. And I mean, cause I only, I, here's the thing. I've like 25 minutes set aside a day over 10 days to write the episodes. And sometimes that'll get stretched to two weeks, but then if it gets stretched to two weeks too many times, then I have to like, uh, figure out like bumping an episode. So I have enough time to get everything produced. 
Uh, but so, like, uh, yeah, like I would have like one 25-minute or two some days uh, to just be like, okay, what is this math principle? It also made it fun because it was like unpredictable, right? Like if I'm too much in control, then having a variable to work with that I don't necessarily understand or whatever, it helps. It also helps like in a mysterious way that the plot of the episode or the theme of the episode can come out of that. Because uh, it's like trying to figure out this puzzle, be like, okay, which go, okay, why... All right, well, we're in a mess. So, okay, let's see. What do we know so far? So we have Dr. Triangle and Isosceles. How's this problem interesting for them to solve? And it's a medieval world. So, okay, what do we need? What do you need in a medieval world? What would a goddess uh, that's pro-math and seemingly pro-humanity, what would she want? Uh, Okay, well, okay, you need food, you need water, you need heat, you, you know, trying to look at the hierarchy and needs a little bit, too. I think at one point there was even one episode I was, like, using the hierarchy of needs and some other thing. I can't even remember if that guy, I don't know. I mean, again, because I was doing a lot of recording over the summer, and now that I'm recording this, it's, like, October or, like, September, the end of September, and then when this comes out, it'll be whatever, like, uh, late October, or probably, like, when you hear this, will be, like, uh, before Thanksgiving, right? Yeah, so about two months from now. So, hey, what's up? How's the future? Pretty sweet, huh? So, okay, so so I'd pick this math principle, and then I'd try to work it into the episode. And then, now, this was one where stuff changed. So the first episode, and this will go into, like, some things that I wasn't totally feeling like worked in, you know, part of the process of the processes I've learned over making this podcast. Uh, but you might have noticed, like, the, so the first episode, I think it was a like a like an independent narrator, and I just didn't feel like that worked. Like I was like, okay, like, uh, and a lot of times I have to make the episodes, uh, which we'll go back into, but uh, like in order to figure out what's going to work or not work. But I don't have the luxury of. Uh, making test episodes. It's just like uh, not in the workflow of the podcast. Uh, so then, um, so um, what I was going to say, I forgot already. Okay, so not making test. Uh, oh, so oh, so the narrator. So then when it came time to the second episode, I think the mule was already, the, yeah, eight of the mule was already in the first episode. And I had a feeling she was going to, I mean, I named her Ada for after Ada Lovelace. But so, like, she was a character, like, I had a feeling she would play a role. But I didn't realize that. It's like, okay, as I was feeling out the story, it felt like I wanted a little bit more of, like, like okay, well, here's a couple of things. Like, especially after the first episode, I get a sense of how the dialogue is going to go. And I've been playing more and more with this of like uh, trying to keep the dialogue in a limited number of voices, not only because it's more sleepy, but it's just a, a it's a good kind of limit. I think uh, I don't know. I think it's just like it keeps it within a sleep podcast context, but also like I'm just not a voice actor, so trying to do like thirty different voices is not only not necessarily conducive to sleeping, 
it's just not my like uh, forte, I guess, or just not my preference. So just like in um, Big Farm in the Sky PI, that uh, G and DK didn't really have their like their voice was through Simon. I was like, okay, well, I want Doctor Triangle and Isosceles to have their own voices. But I don't know about all these other, like I said, this is really going to be like this village type situation where they're going to these village squares and they're interacting with a lot, a lot of people. And so I said, okay, I'm not sure this is good. Like, how are we going to voice this? And I said, okay, well, Ada can do that. Uh, also, like maybe some of their performances are going to be dramatic. So then Ada could fill us in. I don't know, and I just felt like Ada was a more capable narrator than I was. So that's how Ada became narrator. Probably some other thoughts about it. I mean, I guess this gets into my, like, uh, and again, this isn't a big deal. It's just like, and part of the nice thing about doing these recaps is that I get to look back uh, in an active way. Uh, But there were some things that I wasn't exactly happy about. I think, like, again... Uh, result-wise, uh, I've gotten a ton of feedback that this was a very sleepy podcast. Uh, and so that, that, that even on repeat, the episodes are very sleepy. So I think from like putting people to sleep perspective, the episodes were a very strong success. Uh, and then I think that a part of that was like the density of the math, the ability. Okay, I guess let's talk about this instead of regrets. Uh, why was it? Why were these episodes? I mean, and one thing is, I think I'm getting more and more experience at making these shows, and so a lot of our series, especially all of you lovely regular listeners and new listeners, you say, "Jesus, one can't even get through these episodes." So, like, I want to listen and I can't, and that's great. And then the listeners that normally don't sleep to the episodes give me feedback on them, and they say, "Jesus, I enjoyed it in this way and this way." So it met both those, and I think one is, like, the theme of math, uh, the resonance of, like, uh, one, it wasn't like a like a, like a a hard dystopia, right? It was like this uh, softer, more almost organic dystopia, like more of a reversion. It, well, I guess it wasn't even a dystopia. It was like a re- societal reversion, and it wasn't like any of this, like just our way of living was met upheaval, but not really so much how we treated one another, uh, though, you know, there were contrasting, you know, ways of governing and treating people and belief systems and stuff. And so I think like the ability of the mass to enable that and to enable like a, a lot of the episodes to have strong uh, connection to their concept and then finding a theme that resonated uh, w- was good. I also think that I just forgot the other point I was going to make because then I got distracted. Another fun thing that I didn't ex- expect when I was first, after I first started making the first episode, or maybe it was the second episode, was like, oh, okay, well, how are they going to, if this is all some sort of mysticism too? or whatever superpower, I mean, whatever goddess powers, uh, how are these two humans going to restore these math principles? And then also, like, uh, I guess I haven't done it. Like, at some point I was like, oh, this could open the opportunity for big boss battles, uh, and that'll be fun. Like, uh, that a lot of the episodes could culminate. 
because they said, well, it shouldn't be easy. Like, I do not, do not want it to be, even though people are sleeping, I don't want it to be easy for Dr. Triangle and Isosceles to solve these things. Because uh, paradoxically, then it'll be actually too boring and it won't be his sleep. Like, uh, I think so there has to be some, like, uh, even though the nar- kind of narrative cohesion of sleep with me is like kind of wadded up, uh, what is that, masking tape, uh, it still has a cohesion. It's just a wadded up kind of cohesion instead of putting the masking tape like straight on the walls, right? Uh, wherever you put put masking tape. And so, I don't know. Oh, so the the ability for the mask principle in the procedural to do that worked. uh, But I I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, the big boss battles. I think that was just fun uh, for me. Like, I think I did one or two or maybe just one in uh, the last holiday season one. And and that kind of like, I said, oh, I like this. Uh, it gives me a chance to play with, uh, like, this different idea and something from video games. Uh, so that was fun. What are the reasons was it super sleepy? That's what I was trying to talk about. I think there was one or two. Oh, the idea of that they were performers, I think, added this extra ability uh, to, to kind of, I don't know if the right word is, like, tangentialize, uh, but to break the rules of traditional storytelling when you have to be interesting is like when they're making plays, and a lot of times they're having to make the plays up on the spot to, to meet the, their needs to solving uh, the mystery. Uh, that enables like uh, really tons of things, like not only t- to get to know the characters better, which actually didn't work out the way I thought it would, but enable like really boring, like the, the times when I could really put people to sleep, really dense stuff. Uh, for people to make monologues or ex, expi, you know, expository type speeches. I mean, and when I say what I didn't think would work, it was like I did kind of, and this will go into what didn't work. Like I did kind of view going into making the series, I viewed Isosceles as a much more dominant uh, character, and a blowhard and full of ego and more jerky. Uh, but as I kind of formulated it, like as I started making it and writing it, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of just die. I, I, for some reason, sometimes I like stuff on the extremes, but both these characters, I kind of try to bring them more into the grays. Uh, and even like st- parts where I would, I mean, uh, I essentially definitely hammed it up, but not to the degree like I actually, as I know the like it was almost like it was a real, little bit more restrained than I expected, and that was just the ability for working with the character, and being like the character saying, "No, I don't feel like going to that." Like uh, it just it just isn't fitting within the tone. Like when the story talks back to me like that, or maybe it's part of making it. It's like saying, "Oh, okay, I'm hearing you," or I'm hearing myself. You know, as I'm writing it. Uh, and that's not working, so let's try it in this more reserved way. At the same time, that was a little bit of an internal internal conflict. Uh, and I think it also created, a, like, a, it did create, so there is this difficulty with the first seasons, which is why a lot of these shows always get a second season, is because the first season really is feeling out the concept and getting to know the characters. 
And this one, I kind of feel like uh, they were just barely getting aired out, right? Like, uh, and it was a shorter 10 episode, just because I was looking at the release schedule. And I said, okay, well, this is what we have time for as far as before the holidays, uh, as I was looking at when we would have releases of episodes, like uh, this spring when I was planning it out or whatever. So... I don't know, like, sometimes that can be a little bit disappointing to me is, like, wanting, like, and again, this is something everybody talks about. Ira Glass is a great example of, like, how you see a project and how you would like it to be and then how your creation of it uh, is. But it's still, like I said, okay, it met all those things. Uh, and I guess I've learned, but here's, the, so we'll go into a new phase of learning, though, which is exciting an exciting possibility, I guess. Yeah, but it was like uh, that, uh, okay, like, yeah, this is how your first seasons kind of go because you don't have the luxury of, like, world, like doing a complete world build or a complete character. It's like you, you, you've you just got, the work has to be done. But that's what's nice about these second seasons is, like, nuns in space, it's, like, able to get to know the loving relationship between Stan and Scooter. Or uh, Big Farm in the Sky, season two of, like, seeing uh, G&DK uh, grow and solve their cases. Uh, it's just exciting for me, like, to see them grow, like, I don't know, to see the characters be more developed uh, within this concept, context. Uh, now, that being said, I just felt like, one, I felt like because I hadn't, I feel like one lesson I learned that can be changed is that giving first season character voices is something I maybe need to do a little bit different from now on. Because one thing is that I felt like a little bit tropey, even though the characters as I viewed them, and especially Dr. Triangle, is that I wanted Dr. Triangle to be very open to the audience, uh, creating their own version of Dr. Triangle in their minds. Uh, So Dr. Triangle, I think, had a bit more ability... Not that the audience had to relate to Dr. Triangle Isosceles or Ada, but that I, I just wanted Dr. Triangle to be a little bit more. I know who Dr. Triangle is, but I also wanted the listeners, as with all the characters, but a little bit more with Dr. Triangle to kind of uh, be able to imagine their own version or whatever. I don't, I don't know if you know what I mean. And then Isosceles too, but Isosceles a little bit more of like... Uh, just a slightly more uh, center stage type personality. What does that have to do with things? I guess just like, uh, oh, what did I learn? So I guess moving forward, like the show is not in a position yet, like with our Patreon for me to be able to like put out a Patreon exclusive episodes, but it is like, I think we're probably like a thousand patrons away from being able to do that like once a month. So that's a pretty big gap, but I did think about like, okay, it's going to be a little while uh, till I do another new season because it's like I have the holiday series planned, and then the the next season uh, will probably be it's not a hundred percent locked because I got to do the holiday series. Uh, but I have a feeling of what our series will be to start out twenty eighteen. It'll be a, a new like a re like a a return to two characters. 
Um, so we'll see about that. But, but so, oh, the one thing. So I think because I didn't like, I don't have a whole season. I think I need more time before the first episode of a new series to develop the character voices, the actual voicing of them and the intonations and just their, their, their way they dialogue. Uh, because I did feel like it, they kind of fell into this, like, uh, tonally, a bit like Bessos, uh, I mean, uh, uh, JC, James Cashpenny and Richard Warren Sears, which was kind of almost unintentional because the characters are, Dr. Triangle and James Cashpenny are, are similar only in that they're both kind of competent characters. Uh, and I guess they do have some vices that are driven by uh, different vices, but, uh, and then Richard Warren Sears and, uh, Isosceles are kind of similar, but Richard Warren Sears is a much more extreme version and much more, uh, less like uh, Isosceles is just really a family based person in their deepest motivations and then wanting to be center stage, uh, so, I don't know. I may try to figure out something. I mean, this would be not until, like, spring of 2020 uh, to, to, to figure out, like, oh, with our next new series, is there a way to put out mini-sodes for patrons, like, uh, at a certain tier, uh, like, to start working with the character voices, and do we have time for that in edit, editing budget? So, it's just something I thought about of, like, and it was literally just, like, two days ago when I was walking the dog, and I was thinking about recording this. I said, well... I don't know. I'm just a little displeased to like, uh, not with the characters of who they were or who I felt they were when I was speaking as them, but of actually the voices I was giving to them, it fell a little short. It just in my, not a big deal. I mean, this isn't like a super big criticism of myself or anything, but just something I could do a little bit better out of respect for the characters to be in all honesty, because, uh, once they're developed in a sense, then it's like, uh, it is my job, uh, to live up to their standards or something, right? It's like, uh, and it, particularly when I'm trying to do something a little bit more open where listeners could, could identify in their own ways with the characters or they don't have to. I mean, it, this is just an, always an experiment for me too. So... I don't know. So that's one thing I probably will do differently. Uh, but also, I guess, well, here's another thing that I didn't think of till I was already recording. This was like, uh, maybe I made a mistake uh, in the scheduling, too. Because I, what I did was like I had, uh, we did the Nuns in Space, and then the, the new series was just the holiday series. And then we went back to a season two. Uh, so looking back, it's like maybe those muscles kind of have to be stretched for a longer period each year because it's like, well, that's a pretty long time between. But it was like once I had the concept for uh, Big Farm in the Sky Season 2, I kind of wanted to jump on it. for I, I don't know, I, just because I, I did, I was excited about it. And I was excited to get back to those characters. So again, I think like uh, planning 2020 out, uh, which is wild. It probably would be like a, a shortener, a t- ten, 10 episode season of like a, of w- what we're going to do. And then making sure I have that 10, 10 episode span for something new, which I have no idea at this point. But uh, 
you know, it's not a big deal. It'll, it'll, it'll all come out. Uh, so I don't know. I think that's like a couple things. I mean, it's like, uh, I don't know. I hope you enjoy these or they're not super navel gazy or self-indulgent. Uh, but I mean, as we've tested out these recap ones or look back ones, I know it resonates with people like knowing that it's like the struggle making stuff, but it's always a struggle that uh, has hope in it and fun in it. Uh, that's like, oh, we get to, I get to solve these problems within the context of making this show. It's one of the reasons why I love making it. Uh, I mean, the main reason being it puts you to sleep, which is like it makes it even cooler because then that's a par- paradox, which uh, is awesome. Uh, and just, I don't know how close I get to develop this closeness with these characters or play with like, oh, this didn't, or that it's also okay that it doesn't always work all the time how we want it or be perfect. And then it's still is like really effective. Uh, and I don't know, like, it's like whatever you're making, maybe like, it doesn't have to be perfect or it doesn't have to come out great. Uh, or, uh, it, it's all part of the process, right? So I guess that's it. I'm trying to think of anything else with this seat. I didn't really learn anything about math too much uh, new, other than I guess if you eat a pie with like uh, some sort of high-powered pie, you know, infinite pie in there, you know. So, oh, and like uh, to explain where things left off, basically the shot and uh, Discordia got ingested so much of infinity that uh, it, but like they spread spread their pieces across the world, and Doctor Triangle and I essentially, I guess, in some sense, they were granted some sort of infinity. I guess, in not in a great way, like they have to pretty much uh, spend the rest of their or, or eternity like wandering in in finding those pieces. Uh, so it did kind of set up a next season for them. Uh, just because it, it, it just all fell into place. Um, uh, but the main thing is I appreciate you falling asleep or listening to this podcast or being there. And I'm glad I can be there for you because it's important. Your rest and your comfort's important. Uh, good night.